the way that we're doing it today is undoubtedly broken. But it is not that the consumption of meat cannot be sustainable. It's that the trip to the Costco mega flat of chicken and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of meat in a single purchase needs to come to an end. We need to move away from a system of overconsumption in order to think about sustainability. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. I'm really excited to introduce you today to a pretty epic human being who has become a new dear friend of mine. I was introduced to my guest today, Zach Langlois, through my friend Oliver, I guess probably within the past year. And um, Oliver, you probably are familiar with, he is one of my bestest friends. He actually just got married a few weeks ago, him and Janet, shout out to them. They had just such a beautiful wedding and it, you may have seen me share it over on my on my Instagram, over on Insta stories, we had such a beautiful day. They got married actually at the Ancaster Mill, which is the same place that Gayton and I got married at. So I was in their bridal party and it was really fun to be on like the other side of it. Um, and uh, it was just really beautiful. So Oliver, who has been interviewed twice on this podcast, where we have dove into all sorts of topics from business and success and mindset and well-being and creating possibilities in your life. So you can always go back and search up Oliver because those episodes are amazing. But it's Oliver who introduced me to Zach, and I'm so glad that he did. Zach is the co-founder of this amazing company called Northern Raised, and it's where Gaten and I order our meat from. And I'm really happy that this company exists because it's one thing to order from a company that is really conscious about food quality and sustainability and the ethics around it and connecting with local farmers. But it's another thing to know the co-founder and know how much of an amazing human being he is. It all just makes my heart feel so good. And I love supporting local companies and especially farmers. So I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today with Zach. We are talking about the broken food system and the effects it has on our personal health and our well-being. Zach discusses how we can think differently about our food, and he dives into the four pillars that they use at Northern Raised, and those are natural, sustainable, ethical, and local, and he expands on all of those. And we talk about how we can develop a more conscious connection with our food, and we also talk about the roots of Northern Raised and how that all started and the entrepreneurial journey of what that all looked like. And then we talk about what living well means to Zach. So my guest today, he is a conscious entrepreneur, wellness advocate, father, and co-founder of Northern Raised. His passion is found in helping others connect with their personal wellness and exploring what it means to live a life in line with purpose. Through his work with Northern Raised, Zach hopes to create a more conscious connection to the food we consume by providing families with high-quality, nutrient-dense food from local sources. So let's dive in. Enjoy. 
sleep is a really big priority of mine because if we're not sleeping, we're not healing. And I really want to do everything I can to help you guys get a great night's sleep because I know how good it feels to wake up feeling refreshed and rested. I take magnesium and melatonin every night before bed, but there's been nothing that has gotten me over a two and a half hour sleep score on my REM and my deep sleep the way that reishi mushroom has. Now I've used other reishi mushrooms in the past. I've used reishi coffee. I'll take sometimes reishi during the day, but the chill reishi from Aversio Wellness I've been taking religiously for these past three months and my sleep scores are on fire. I track my sleep scores with my aura ring and every single night my REM and my deep is beyond two and a half hours. I wake up feeling so refreshed and I don't wake up in the middle of the night to go pee. That is a huge sign of getting a really good quality deep sleep. What makes this product different is that is it, it is a 15 to one reishi mushroom dual extract. What that means is it is highly therapeutic and very high dose. So it's really high potency. It's a potent adaptogen and reishi, you've probably heard lots about it. It's great for your stress. It's great for immune support, but it really is going to offer you a lot of sleep support. So head on over to aversiowellness.com. Use the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout. You can save 15% off site-wide. I'm a really big fan of it, and I cannot wait to hear how your sleep improves. If you're looking to increase resistance to stress and just really promote that calmness and optimize and support your nervous system, I highly recommend Rishi. I take two capsules before bed, roughly an hour or two before bed, right in the evening, and it has been amazing. So again, use the coupon code wellnesswitch over at aversiowellness.com to save 15% off site-wide. Hi, Zach. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sam. So good to be here. It's great to have you here. I know we've been trying to get this scheduled, and so here we are finally. And we were trying to work through lots of audio issues. <laughs> the joys of technology. I know. Oh my God. So here we are. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And before we dive in, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? My name is Zach. I am the co-founder of a company called Northern Raised. Um, and that company is a company that helps connect people with their food from natural and local and sustainable and ethical sources. And I'm sure we'll talk lots more about, you know, kind of how we exist and how we, we see ourselves in that space. But, um, on a personal level, uh, I'm a father, uh, I'm a, I'm a passionate guy. I'm an outdoor enthusiast. It's just a guy that loves to move his body, uh, you know, breathe, breathe deeply, meditate every once in a while, have fun, be in nature. Um, you know, that, that's really who I am at, at my core. And, uh, I'm really excited to just be here and hang out with you and, and your audience. So really, oh, really excited for this. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm really excited to have you here. So let's talk about Northern Raised. It's where I order my meat from. And I want to know how it even started. Like what made you decide like, this is, this is the thing I got to do. Yeah. Good question. So, you know, the idea was really birthed out of what was honestly my personal health journey. Right. So um, I came from a place uh, and in a long story short of, of being stressed out in a, a corporate environment, um, that stress led to uh, some real gut health issues, uh, emotional, physical, you know, just overall well-being issues that um, put me on a really pivotal path in life as to asking myself the question of what it meant to be well. And obviously, it didn't take very long for me to discover that food 
um, was at the center of that. And what I put in my body and how I fueled myself was, you know, really, um, or contributed to the output um, that I was able to give back to the world. And so, you know, I started down this exploration of like what it meant to really understand where my food came from. Right. And that was a big question for me. Um, I grew up in the country. I grew up in farm country. Right. And so I had a general understanding like, you know, of that type of food chain, if you will. Right. Um, And so this journey of really kind of feeling a calling to want to become an integral part of my food chain, that's something that, you know, resonated with me at like a calling and a call to service. And and as with a lot of things, as, as you'll know, like when you discover a good thing and when you go down this path of like bringing some awareness to a certain piece of your life um, and you find something you know, beautiful within that, you want to share it. Totally. And so, uh, you know, this, this journey really kind of took off when I started to share, um, you know, how I was sourcing my food with others. And, um, you know, some, some, just the funny stories of, of having, you know, uh, kind of community led and, and, and stuff uh, uh, you know, uh, food programs or local food programs that we had started and did it very community based. And then, you know, realized that, Hey, there's, there's something here and people are asking for, you know, kind of something greater and wanting to be connected with their food. And, um, that has sort of birthed into what we've got now as Northern raised. I love that. And so I know there's a story you had shared with me before, and I could totally be butchering this a bit, but like you had something like 80 chickens or something like, yeah. Can you tell that story? Yeah, a hundred percent. So one of the farmers that we work with and still work with today, um, he, uh, we had just been buying from him again on this community basis, right? One, one off, uh, you know, kind of orders with him and, and doing some, some wholesale, but he had called me one day and he said, Zach, uh, I have a restaurant that has bailed on me and I have 75 chickens that need a home and they need a home now. And I thought to myself, like at this point, we were buying 10 to 15, you know, chickens at a time just for friends, you know, just, just immediate friends and family. Yeah. And I thought to myself, holy smoke, 75 chickens. Like, what am I going to do with all that? Right. Yeah. And this was really like, Sam, where, where one of the spark, it was one of the spark moments for me of like, whoa, we could actually do this. So said yes. Um, I, I got 75 chickens delivered right to my front door. Those shut up on living room floor of all places. Right. My wife came home and said, like, what on earth have you done? Yes. And within 10 to 15 minutes of just a couple of quick text messages to some friends and family and, and a bit of a broader community, and all 75 of these chickens were gone. And it was kind of that moment among you know many others where I thought like, wow, there is a need or is there, there is a desire from people to want For to sure. know where their food comes from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that's just been one of the, but yeah, yeah, it was a crazy, it was a crazy one. It's crazy kind of start. I love that, but it was like the spark, right? So that's, that's huge. Now these were not 75 live chickens. No, people, FYI, he did not have 75 <laughs> live chickens in his living room. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So as you started down this path and like really starting to understand natural and sustainable and ethical, you know, and, and all of that in the food system. Like I'm sure you went down the rabbit hole. What, what did you learn? Yeah. Um, this is, a, this is a big question and it's, it can, it can really, as you have well put, become a bit of a rabbit hole. You know, it's interesting. I think, um, we've all seen the documentaries that would paint a real horror story of what is out there in terms of animal treatment and, and, uh, without a doubt, uh, that exists in, in its, in its certain forms. Right. Um, but what I really discovered, Sam was, uh, 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 something quite opposite in terms of the, the 
picture that was painted for me. You know, I, I uncovered this kind of beautiful network of farmers that cared deeply about the animals that they were raising and they were out to do their best to provide food to what is, you know, really objectively a broken system. And so the individual actors within this system, while often demonized at kind of the ground level and at the production level, and don't get me wrong, that does exist. But, you know, I think we kind of highly demonize um, specifically in the production and consumption of meat. But really what I was, you know, uncovering was good people incentivized by a bad system. Right. And that's what became really compelling to me to kind of understand when we think about our food chain is like, and, 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 and really just food systems at large, right? That we have been systematically dismantling um, our sovereignty and our control and, and our transparency uh, around our food system. And somehow we've pointed the blame at farmers or at individuals or, you know, uh, and, and we've, we've kind of got even more dogmatic in terms of how we like to, you know, finger point to, to one another in, in daily life. That doesn't help anything. Totally. Um, you know, but, but that was really uh, kind of what I uncovered as I started to go down this road was interesting. Like it is, it is a part, it is a, a byproduct of a broken system that we find ourselves here uh, uh, sick, undernourished and disconnected from our food. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you guys have this sort of four pillar system that you use at Northern Raised, natural, sustainable, ethical, local. Take us through that process and what that all looks like. Yeah, good question. So this is really how we think about our food and really how I can, I, I encourage anybody to think about their food, right? As you're walking down the aisles of the grocery store, um, you know, to, to start to, you know, kind of keep these pillars in mind, right? So you, you nailed them. It's, it's, it's natural, sustainable, ethical, and local. These are questions really that we can ask ourselves. And so, you know, the first being, is it natural? And, and, you know, this is one that has, they all have broad spectrums. Um, you know, but we look to, uh, find farmers and producers that are raising food and animals in the most natural, uh, species specific way possible, right? So wherever possible, try to emphasize your grass fed beef, your free range chicken, truly free range, you know, birds with, with complete outdoor access, uh, understanding what the animals are being fed because what the animals, animals are being fed is what we are being fed. And we need to really think downstream in our food system from that. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and so as we use that question of natural food, I, I don't use it in a marketing term as, as often it gets used, right. As right. natural food. Um, but it's just a way of thinking, right. And it's a way of questioning, um, truly what environment does your, uh, animal or your, 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 your food in general, ne never mind just meat products. We can, you know, right. make this a much larger conversation, but, um, specifically to meat, you know, how are the animals raised? Um, and are they raised in, in a, as natural an environment as possible? Um, then we think about sustainability. And this is a cool one. And it's one I know is a very hot button topic, uh, you know, out right now as we look at different uh, meat alternatives and people kind of thinking about, you know, is beef specifically red meat truly sustainable? Are we able to do it in a sustainable way? And, um, you know, I, I, have, I have sort of a, a, you know, a thought that the way that we're doing it today is undoubtedly broken. Um, it is is undoubtedly broken, but it is not. Uh, it is not that the consumption of meat cannot be sustainable. It's that the trip to the Costco me mega flat of chicken and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of you know uh, you know meat in a single purchase um, needs to come to an end. Um, we need to move away from a system of overconsumption in order to think about sustainability. 
at the ground level, ruminant animals uh, contribute uh, to carbon sequestration. They are sustainable for this planet. It is a good way to feed people high nutrient dense food. And I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. Um, but I think that we have really uh, changed our thinking around what the what the what sustainability really means. Um, and and we can tie that into the to the last point as well. But yeah, so you know, trying to trying to think about um, sustainability in our food is 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 a big one. Like I say, it is a hot button topic, but it's something that people should uh, I would encourage to do the proper research on. Right? Don't right. necessarily take what's coming off the top of the mainstream media. Uh, that is heavily fueled by um, uh, large food conglomerate producers that uh, are fighting for your dollars. Um, and then uh, the the next one is is the ethics around you know animal consumption, and and we ask ourselves the question of is it ethical? Um, and this is a deeply personal question. This is not one that I pass any judgment on to anybody that has chosen a plant based um, lifestyle or or any other uh, for that for that matter. Um, really, this is a call at a at a core level. This is a call to have a conscious connection with your food, and we need to understand that the end of life is a reality for the consumption of food of all types. And we need to understand that no food comes without, um, you know, the uh, the the really the sacrifice of life. And um, so, when we think about the ethics, obviously, you want to be per- you know purchasing from an ethical supplier. Uh, and again, that gets back to the the like horror story kind of you know con- confined chicken coop type thing. So you know, avoiding avoiding factory farm meats uh, a big one, a big one. Please for for everyone out there, you know, think think about that as you walk down the grocery aisle. Um, but even when you are uh, um, when you have bought from the best source available to you, um, it's a matter of when that food hits your plate. Do we take a moment of reflection and do we have some conscious connection? to that food, uh, gratitude for the life that has been taken in order to sustain and nourish us, um, and appreciating that, um, sentience, I guess, in, in, in the food chain and understanding that we are, uh, you know, have, have a massive role to play in that. Um, and then finally the, the local piece, right. And this is one that people will know, well, go to your local farmer's market, right. Mm-hmm. Support a local farmer. No, truly where your food is coming from, get to know the stories that the people behind your food, they are incredible people. They love what they do. They're passionate about getting food onto your plate. Um, and, and I would just encourage everybody that's, you know, a big part of what we've done at Northern Raised in terms of the transparency to say, Hey, here is the farmer. Here is exactly where this food is coming from. Don't take it from us. Go, go to them, right? We will connect you with that. And and that's the passion for me is to tell those stories. So yeah, that's that's really in, in that four pillar system, kind of how we, we think about that. And I encourage people to kind of keep that in the back of their mind as they do their weekly shopping. A quick interruption to chat about the Align and Lead Business Mentorship Program. If you're feeling called to work with myself and my team and you're ready for that high level support, we would love to coach and support you inside this nine month business mentorship container. In nine months, we are going to teach you the tried, the true, and the tested strategies that work when it comes to building and scaling your online business. So whether you are brand new and you're just starting out online, or maybe you're a couple of years in and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, throwing spaghetti at the wall, and you just don't really have a strategy and a plan in place or clarity, we are here to bring that to you. We're going to teach you how to do lead generation, content creation, copywriting, create your signature program, launch webinars, set up your funnels, and trust me, 
It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or scary. I know a lot of us get overwhelmed with the tech, but good news, my tech team is here to support you. They're gonna help set up your funnels for you. They're gonna look over your content creation and your copywriting, and you're gonna get a ton of accountability, support, and feedback. We would love to chat with you and welcome you into our mentorship program. And if you're feeling called and ready to dive in, head on over to samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship. You can click the link on that page to book in a complimentary call with me, and we can chat in more detail to see if the program is the right fit for you. Again, that link is samanthagladish.com forward slash mentorship. Awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I mean, I think there is a really big misconception around the production of meat and the sustainability and even just things like methane claims against cattle. They're quite overblown. And I know you're familiar with sustainable dish. And um, for those listening, you can actually follow her online. And um, she has a really great book out called Sacred Cow. And I think there's actually a documentary now, which I haven't watched yet. But when we think about methane claims, I mean, cattle is like, or just livestock in general is like 3.9%. You know, it's transportation, it's electricity generation, it's industri- in the industry, it's commercial, it's residential. That takes up most of the methane claims. So, you know, livestock really is accounting for 3.9% of all the GH, the US GHGH emissions, which you know, we can go down the rabbit hole with this, but is this something that like you've been doing some research on too, and like you're really familiar with, or how do you feel about all that? Yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head in terms of the resource of it. Uh, you know, Diane is a fantastic resource. Um, she obviously the, the, yeah, the book sacred cow and, and finding her on Instagram is, is very, very worthwhile. And she does a ton in terms of getting into the um, you know, the really hardcore statistics around uh, the, those emissions. And, and yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong from that statistic point of, um, you know, those carbon emissions primarily coming from sources within the supply chain of food, right, far more heavily and far outweighs the uh, emissions that come from the animals themselves. What we also don't factor in is the offset calculation that happens, right? So cattle and ruminant animals, so anything with the hoof and multiple digestive systems, um, they are helping to sequester carbon back into the soil and they're creating their own carbon offsets. They are neutralizing themselves. Um, And there are some amazing, amazing examples that people can find online uh, of regenerative farms where you can see really intimately, they let you right into this world of uh, you know, of, of, of soil health. Um, obviously the king of this would be probably Zach Bush. Uh, that's an easy right. name to drop, yes. um, For to sure. follow, but, um, but you know, the, the folks like that, that are doing incredible work to point out what ruminant animals can do for, uh, carbon sequestration in soil. Um, and so that, that factor is one of those big ones that doesn't even get, uh, put into the calculation when we talk about emissions. And so if we have an animal that can literally offset itself as it produces the most nutrient dense food on the planet, the the logic of it starts to make a ton of sense in terms of the sustainability and the sustainable aspect of what it means to consume red meat. Now, again, uh, we need to caution that overconsumption is, is not the goal just because the animal can offset itself doesn't mean that we can just multiply that over and over and over again. Right. Um, I think it's something like in Canada today, like 47% uh, food waste rates, it's right? Insane. It's so sad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that is a big factor when it comes to sustainability is us, right? Taking personal ownership of your food, yes. taking personal ownership in becoming a part of, of your food chain um, is something that I so passionately believe in. And I think people need to, you know, really um, wake up and, 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 and take some of that responsibility back into their own hands and, and not just point the, the finger at, well, red, red meat is bad. And so I'm going to go buy my Beyond Burger and, and, you know, think that I've saved the planet. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously you're an advocate for meat. So beyond the, you know, the sustainability, the natural, all of that local, let's talk about from a health standpoint, you know, why you're such an advocate for meat. Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned a couple of times nutrient density, and that one is kind of, to me, the, the kingpin of, you know, the, the why meat. Um, you know, as, as, as far as getting, you know, high quality protein, amino acids, a vitamin range that, that is diverse. Um, now I, I think when we get into this kind of corner of, of, uh, you know, food, we also have to start getting a little bit creative. We cannot just rely on a steak and a chicken breast, right? I, I encourage people to start to like dive into the, you know, to the world of organ meats and have a look at, you know, I know not everybody's a big like beef liver fan, right. um, you know, but, but from a nutrient density perspective, it's one of the richest foods that we have available to us. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam, like, I don't really have a hand in the fight of diet per se, um, again, I, I really just encourage people to have conscious consumption habits and really just understand, you know, what they're putting in their bodies. And, and, and if they're doing that and they're, 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 you know, putting some effort into that, then I, I really, you know, I don't, I don't have any judgment for that, but okay. I can speak personally, you know, in terms of what a, uh, a higher ketogenic diet has done for me with a, with a higher animal, you know, base, uh, uh, protein source to it. Yeah. Um, and, and really my journey was one of, you know, healing, um, serious gut dysbiosis and, uh, you know, a metabolism that was, you know, pretty well shot through, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh hermetic stress and, right. and, um, you know, really healed myself, not only through the quality of the food that I was consuming, but a, a large increase into, um, you know, a, a, a mostly ketogenic diet. And, and so, you know, really I have a lot of personal, uh, affinity for that. Uh, you know, again, not a whole lot of judgment for those who, you know, don't find meat in their diet and have thought kind of, you know, consciously about that. But um, certainly, you know, I can speak at least personally that, uh, you know, I've, I've been profoundly impacted by making some of those shifts. And and uh, that's been important to me. For sure. And, you know, myself included. And I think one of the ways that we can really bring about healing and supporting others on their health journey is by sharing our own experiences. Right. And so that's ultimately what this podcast is here for. And like you said, like it's, it's no judgment. Everybody is on their own path. And so you have to do what is right for you. Ultimately, I'm here to share what's worked for me, what I have seen in over 15 years as well, being in practice and working with women as well. Um, and so also just an FYI, ladies, Zach is a man. So just because he's on the ketogenic diet and he's, you know, that's been the thing that's worked for him doesn't necessarily mean that that's the thing that's going to work for you, but maybe it is. And the only way you're going to know that is to actually explore it and, and dive in, you know, and figuring that out for yourself. So thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Absolutely. So I want to go back to a conversation we had a while ago 
you were saying you're you're against purchasing the whole cow, which is often what people do, right? They go and they purchase a whole cow because I think there is this understanding that like it's better. It's better to just purchase the whole cow, right? So can you tell us why you're against that? Yeah, good question. So uh, I mentioned earlier that we have close to 47% food waste in this country. And um, just as a little experiment, and I challenge anybody to do this, if you can tell me the 10 items that are in the bottom of your chest freezer, yeah. I will gladly, gladly secede this co- this point and, and, and hand off the whole cow to anybody who would like to order from, from us. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but really, that's not often the case. Oftentimes, the bottom 10 to 20% of that freezer gets completely lost, freezer burnt, and it's only once every about six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plus years <laughs> that we ever see the bottom of it. Um, I know this because I was guilty of it. I know this because, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a culture um, and as I, as I think, you know, many of us did coming through like TV dinner era and, and whatnot, that a deep freezer became this black pit of just this black hole of, of uh, you know, where food went to die. And so, um, you know, oftentimes when we think about consumption and overconsumption, right, we want to help individuals uh, uh, consume what they are going to or purchase what they're actually going to consume. Yeah. Um, and that has been a big part uh, for us on the business side is to, you know, help people gain access to that readily, right? To, to add the convenience uh, because we all have busy lives and, you know, we need to uh, obviously get dinner on the table, uh, you know, a couple of nights a week. Okay. Um, you know, but, but uh, really this just, this gives us an opportunity to buy more sustainably um, and think about sustainability. You know, we often find too that just from the food waste, you know, when you're purchasing a whole cow, uh, granted, there just may be parts of that animal that, you know, may be less appealing to you to to cook or maybe a little more daunting in terms of what the heck do I do with this? And all that goes to waste, right? Most of that goes to waste. Um, Now, if you're somebody who is truly interested in eating a nose to tail diet, right, there are some phenomenal resources out there um, that will help you, you know, kind of understand how to navigate that. Uh, if that's something that, you know, you feel compelled to do, then I would highly encourage you. Yes. Do go ahead and buy larger, uh, you know, portions of meat. Um, but if we're thinking about, you know, more of that sustainability, uh, a little bit more ready access, uh, and the convenience still to go along with that, um, then I would say skip the whole cow, um, and, and find, you know, a local producer that's, you know, able to sell what you and, and, and purchase what you're actually able to consume in a, in a week, in a, in a month and something, a reasonable time frame. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And also like, this is just a random aside, the deep freezer, like we have one, it's a small one, but it's true. It's like, I'm constantly trying to like dig in there into the bottom to see what is there. And so there's actually a, like a standup freezer. And I'm just like, this is a, like a fridge. If I actually have the fridge instead of the deep freezer, I can actually organize this in a way where I can actually see everything. And so just that switch alone, we're in the process of, you know, switching that over. I'm like, that's like a night and day difference. Cause I can open this and actually see everything and it's not massive. So it's not causing me to like, you know, overstore all kinds of things, but enough to, like you said, you know, two weeks to a month or something like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. So creating a conscious connection with our food, you've talked obviously really your entire conversation has been about wanting listeners to really build that conscious connection. Is there anything you really want to add here 
outside of asking questions to farmers, like how can we really develop this connection with our food? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Again, I can speak probably more, you know, personally, um, because I know this is a, uh, this can be a really challenging part of the journey for anybody when it comes to food, you know, food is one of these, you know, very, um, kind of sensitive topics for each one of us in terms of our relationship with food. And, and that can be very diverse. So I don't think there's really kind of a, a one size fits all, you know, kind of answer for this. Um, but, you know, again, going back to my own personal health journey, you know, I, I found that as I came through that corporate world and was, uh, you know, just kind of bombarded with stress, uh, of a lot of different types on, on a lot of different sides, um, you know, which, which led to a lot of, you know, serious, serious health concerns for me. Um, you know, my, my mental and my emotional health were first on the list to go. And along with that was really my consciousness, my, my connection to myself, um, and my understanding of my place in the world. And so, um, you know, at a personal level, it was an exploration to get back to my ability to sit with myself, to work on my mental health, to work on my spiritual health. And as a byproduct of that, then to take the tools that I learned there and to apply them into the worlds of, you know, food and movement and rest and, and, and the things that, you know, help me be a better version of myself. And so, you know, when we think about conscious connection with our, with our food, um, you know, really that's been the, the journey for me is to have a conscious connection with, with m myself and, and to use those tools as, as a byproduct. And there's a kind of a lengthy, you know, discussion about the different, you know, ways to go about that. And I know you have so many amazing guests that, that, you know, are, are really invested in that, um, you know, but just as a, a simple practice, I would very much encourage that, um, at the beginning of a meal with, with family, um, you know, I think. It's funny. I grew up in a house where prayer before meals was was commonplace, and that may not be for everybody. And the, the word prayer might might not be your thing, um, but just a simple moment of reflection um, to take a look at your plate, to stop and pause. Um, I know, obviously, from a from a hormone perspective, from a metabolic perspective, for even sure. just simply pausing before your food, uh, putting yourself into a rest and digest uh, type of mode rather than eating food and grabbing it off the counter and running out the door. Yep. Um, when you do have it available to you, taking a small pause at the beginning of every meal and just taking a moment of reflection, uh, to express a bit of gratitude to, um, the, the plants and animals that, you know, went into that, that plate and, and just think about how that meal is now going to propel you to be better in your life you know, better as a mother, wife, uh, husband, father, brother, friend, whatever your roles are in life, um, understand that the food that we consume is going to help you uh, become a better, you know, version of that. Um, and, and by doing that, we're also uh, helping, you know, move, move away from um, some of the ultra processed foods, because it's so interesting when you sit down to eat like a bag of chips, you don't have that same, there's nothing to connect with, totally. you know, and you'll find that like, energetically, you'll just be sitting there staring at a bowl of chips going, I'm not sure I have a ton of gratitude for you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though you're going to be delicious. I love Doritos, but you know, totally. even, even though it's going to be delicious, you'll, you'll quickly notice that there's just less of an awareness of, of, or a connection to that food, a small exercise and something that I would encourage people to, to try. Yeah. I love that. And this is also why it's so important for me to prepare my own food. Of course, it's nice to go out and be served. Of course, I love it and support, you know, local restaurants and whatnot. But that is such a creative outlet for me. And it's also how I build my connection with my food and my body. 
being in the kitchen and being able to prepare a meal from scratch and bake even from scratch like that's and I get to touch my food and you know know I know exactly where this came from and who I supported and and it's amazing even like you have such a great connection with your farmers and I know it's funny because I know I know many of them and then I have this great connection with you and it's just this like amazing system you know of like I I feel so much better knowing where I'm purchasing, but also who I'm purchasing from, you know, and it just, it makes the whole process that much more enjoyable. At some deeper metaphysical level, <laughs> when we start to yeah. realize, you know, that we are connected in that sense. And the fact that our relationship does get transferred through to um, sharing a meal together with people that we love and sitting down and having a conscious connection with our food. Uh, at that deeper level, when if and when we're able to access that, it is an incredibly beautiful thing. It's an incredibly beautiful understanding to know that I'm part of something bigger than myself totally. and that my consumption has a wave effect. I have impact um, by the choices that I make, uh, not only personally, but outwards into the world. And for people to grasp that and to have that experience is something that I want for every single you know person that listens to this. I think something that you know we all know very well, sitting down and having a meal together um, is such a bonding and connecting thing, and that's just a very small window into that you know uh, kind of ripple effect of of connection uh, that's available when yeah we sit down and crack open the cookbook and say hey I'm going to get my my hands dirty with the with the family tonight and, and share something beautiful. Totally, I love that. On a random note, do you have your own garden? Do you do your own gardening? Yeah. So um, the the garden. Oh, I wish I like <laughs> so so very candidly. I wish I was better at this. I do have one. I've got. I'm not right great now, either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got the lettuce, tomatoes. Uh, I think there's some cucumbers back there. Um, there's going to be like two different types of kale, probably. Uh, some carrots might be in there. But like, it's one of these things. It's a very moving target for my family. So sometimes yeah. we're like you know, we've got all the time in the world to be green thumbs. And other times I Not. love my local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. And that's right. Totally. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do, I do my best. And, and that's really like, that, that's another kind of point is that, is that really, this is about doing your best when it comes to food. There's no perfection. Please do not turn on Instagram and take a look at like the washboard abs of the week and go, okay, well, the only thing I'm eating this week is chicken and salad. Right. No, like we have to bring love into our food. We have to love ourselves in order to love the food that, you know, we're, we're, we're consuming. And when we do find that love, it does good things to our bodies. And, and if that means that you cannot have some flourishing garden, well, Hey, uh, <laughs> it's <real> totally. Life. <laughs> yeah, no, I can totally relate. I am not the best. And I mean, we used to live in a condo for many, many years. So I, you know, I didn't even have a backyard, but even just getting plants, like I, my house is full of plants. And even if you just grow some fresh herbs indoors, right? Like it's just some sort of connection. It doesn't have to be on this grand scale. Um, but I'm definitely grateful for our backyard and our very tiny, tiny little garden. But, you know, just the process of putting that together again was like such a deeper connection. And it's so great to go out there every day and just water our garden and see how everything is growing and then go and pick the lettuce and make a salad with that. Just like getting my hands dirty, touching the food again, knowing where it came from, like it feels really good. You know, it just, it's it, sometimes there's words that can't even explain it. It just feels really good. I, I think 
if anything, to use to explain it, it feels natural, right? Like it feels like that's, that's just what we're meant to do, right? Like this is just a natural process. I'm meant to be doing this. So. Yeah. There's a, there's a, the, there's the idea that these things are, are really things that we are remembering, not discovering, yes. right? Things that are built into us to be connected with nature, to be connected with our food in this, in this way. And that natural feeling is a remembering. Um, it's something that's, you know, deeply rooted in terms of how we find balance in the world and within ourselves. And, and we can find that through that, that kind of conscious connection. I, I love, I love that though. But I, I love, I love too, that you're a human. It's nice to know that you have uh, flaws, Sam. It's plenty of them. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, my husband is way, he's so much better when it comes to the garden than, than I am. Um, thank God for that because I would, yeah, I don't think it would last this long if it wasn't for him being around and really making it a priority. So before I let you go, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but we're going to go here anyways. What does living well mean to you? How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Living well to me means uh, to be in pursuit of a state of being that's aligned with my purpose uh, in all of the roles that I play uh, in life. And so for me, being a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, a friend, a brother, uh, a son, it's to be in pursuit of being the best version of myself across all of those roles to show up every morning and to try to um, simply do my best to, to, to show up, uh, as a, as a fully present version of, of all of that. It's something that I fail at, uh, constantly. Um, but, but that's really why it's the journey to me. It's to yeah. be in pursuit of living well. It's something that, uh, I, I, you know, have as a, a moniker for life. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a way of, it's a way of being it's, it's, it's under, it's underpinned by the habits that I have in my life. Uh, it's, it's made rich by the relationships and the experiences that I have in my life. Um, but it's held, uh, simply at a place of being and, and presence to show up every day and be my best. I love that. Well, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Zach, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Tell our listeners where they can come learn more about you, Northern Raised, how they can go ahead and like order their meat and learn about your company. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, really, really easy. Just come visit us at northernraised.ca. You'll find all of the links to our social media there. I would love for people to um, just experience the website. Please check out the stories of our farmers. I personally love to connect with people on this stuff. I'm always available. I give out my personal email address to anybody that asks for it. Um, and I just love to have these conversations. So you can find us at northernraised.ca. You can find me personally at zach.nuc. So Z-A-C-K dot N-U-C uh, on Instagram. And uh, I love to connect with people there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, just just really appreciate you having us on. There's a discount code as well uh, yes. for your listeners. Correct. Uh, so well, yeah, Wellness Witch. Yes. Wellness Witch. Um, and that will save you uh, $25 off your first four orders um, just to kind of make that whole process more accessible. We want to connect uh, with, with you in that way as well. So definitely, yeah, check, check that Amazing. out. I would absolutely love it. Yes. We're so grateful for that coupon code. And, um, just to clarify where you actually deliver. Ah, good question. So, um, anywhere in the broader GTA. So if you are anywhere from 
uh, Brantford all the way out to uh, Pickering in the east. Uh, and we're up into Caledon, Orangeville, Newmarket, Aurora, Vaughan. Um, so, the, so the broader GTA, you'll have an opportunity to validate uh, your postal code on the website to find out if we deliver to you. Uh, but we're always expanding our, our delivery as well. So anywhere within the greater Toronto area. And if we don't deliver to you, just reach out to us and let's see what we can do. Awesome. That's amazing. And again, everyone, that code is wellness, which is going to save you $25 off your first four orders. So in total, you're going to save $100 and there's lots to explore on the site. So definitely check that out. Thank you so much, Zach, for being with us today. It was a real pleasure. Thanks a ton, Sam. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you would like to save an order from Northern Raised, you can do so by heading over to northernraised.ca Use the coupon code wellnesswitch and you will save $25 off your first four orders. So overall, that's going to be $100 in savings. Head to their website if you're in the local GTA area. They do deliver right to your door and they have lots on their website. So definitely go check them out. You can also follow Zach over on Instagram at Zach, Z-A-C-K dot N-U-C. And you can also follow Northern Raised Meats. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. I'll chat with you all next week. Have an amazing day. Take care.